Psalm 94. Yahweh, you God to whom vengeance belongs, you God to whom vengeance belongs, shine out. Rise up, judge of the earth, and pay back the proud what they deserve. Yahweh, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? They pour out arrogant words, and all the evildoers boast. They break your people in pieces, Yahweh, and afflict your heritage. They kill the widow and the alien. They murder the fatherless. They say, Yah will not see. Neither will Jacob's God consider. Consider, you senseless among the people, you fools. When will you be wise? He who implanted the ear, won't he hear? He who formed the eye, won't he see? He who disciplines the nations, won't he punish? He who teaches man knows. Yahweh knows the thoughts of man, that they are futile. Blessed is the man who you discipline, Yah, and teach out of your law, that you may give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit is dug for the wicked. For Yahweh will not reject his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance, for judgment will return to righteousness, and all the upright in heart shall follow it. Who will rise up for me against the wicked? Who will stand up for me against the evildoers? Unless Yahweh had been my help, my soul would soon have lived in silence. When I said my foot is slipping, your loving kindness, Yahweh, held me up. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, your comfort delights my soul. Shall the throne of wickedness have fellowship with you, which brings about mischief by statute? They gather themselves together against the soul of the righteous and condemn the innocent blood. But Yahweh has been my high tower, my God, the rock of my refuge. He has brought on them their own iniquity and will cut them off in their own wickedness. Yahweh, our God, will cut them off. So this is a psalm of vengeance and a psalm of punishment, a psalm of revenge. It starts out like this in Psalm 94. It doesn't sound very Christian, does it? A psalm of revenge. <laughs> um, it starts out, verse 1 says, Yahweh, you are the God to whom vengeance belongs. A God to who, and God to whom vengeance belongs, shine out. In verse 2, this is where the revenge bit's really clear. Rise up, judge of the earth, pay back the proud what they deserve. So that's the revenge thing. And, you know, in the word revenge is that concept of vengeance right there. The idea of paying back to people what they deserve for what they've done. Now, if you or I were to get angry and pay someone back, that would not be godly. <laughs> in fact, Jesus taught us not to do that. He taught us in, um, in uh, I'm just trying to think where it was, but I think it was the Sermon on the Mount. He said, if someone slaps you on the left cheek, turn to them the right cheek instead. In other words, if someone does harm to you, don't pay them back. Jesus also taught us in the same sermon to love our enemies. He taught us to do good to those who persecute us. So it's not our job to seek revenge. It's not our job to try to punish people for what they do. Um, but later on in the Bible, um, it's, I think it's Peter, and he says, um, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Now, God is a God of revenge and vengeance. And you might say to yourself, well, that's really odd. You know, why would Jesus tell us to turn the other cheek and love our enemies when he's, he's a God of vengeance and he's showing revenge? Doesn't sound very loving, does it? Well, the truth is it's actually very loving. It's actually, it actually is the love of God. 
Think of it like this. Think of it that you're, um, there's multiple ways of thinking about it. But if you're, you know, you've got children and you've got, uh, you know, you're in the backyard at home, you're playing with your kids and someone jumps over the fence with a baseball bat and they're walking up to one of your children about to slam them, what are you going to do? Are you going to jump up and, and be all kind and loving? And are you going to say, oh, don't do that? Or let's say they do, they slam your wife in the head with a baseball bat. Are you gonna say, oh, oh, I forgive you, don't do it again. Or are you gonna deal with a situation for the sake of your wife and your children? The loving thing to do is to protect the people that you're supposed to protect. God hates sin because what sin hurts other people who don't deserve it. Now, because we're all sinners, we all deserve it, but the fact is that's what sin does. Sin doesn't affect you only, it affects others. And because God hates sin, God, God, because God loves people, he hates sin. So the very nature of the fact that he is loving means he must do something about it. It's necessary to deal with sin if he's loving. And, and at the same time that that's completely true, God's also the judge. He's the judge of heaven and earth. And if, if someone comes to a judge and they want to get off scot-free, a good judge cannot do that because that's, that would be a judge that was, you know, a, a bankrupted judge or a bribed judge or a corrupt judge. Only a corrupt, blind or, you know, a judge with, which perverted the course of justice would let people get away without paying the fee. Now, God in his great mercy pays our fee. He becomes our punishment through Christ, but there are people who refuse to accept that. So they require justice. So justice must be paid regardless of who you are, but Christ in his mercy takes that justice on his behalf and gives to us mercy in its place. That's the type of God we have. He is the type of God that gives mercy to his enemies. His enemies are you and me. He shows us his mercy because we see what he has done and we receive it with gratitude. But there are people who don't and they require justice too, but they reject the free gift of justice that's been given to him. So therefore God needs to rise and give vengeance as needed. And that is loving. That is righteous. That is good. It's not good if you or I do it. <laughs> but it's good if God does it, and it's to God's glory. So we have here a psalm of vengeance, and in its proper place and proper understanding, this is good. And it says in verse 3, this is a, a kind of a prayer and a question. He says, Yahweh, how long will the wicked triumph? That's a really good question, and it's a good prayer. We want to see the wicked stop triumphing, and how they will stop triumphing is in one of two ways. Either one... They come to a realization of what they're doing wrong. They come to know the Lord and they repent and find Christ and then they are no longer the wicked. Or the Lord steps in and deals with it like this psalm is a prayer for. So 
we need to pray a prayer like this too, that wickedness will come to an end. We're not asking the Lord to harm people, but we are asking for wickedness to come to an end. How long will the wicked triumph, O Lord? Deal with it. So Lord, that's a prayer of ours. We notice all around us in society and in life that there is wickedness. There are things taking place that are not good. Lord, deal with it according to your wisdom and your grace, according to your justice and your mercy all at once. Lord, take a hold of society and culture. And Lord, the wickedness that's within us, remove it from our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.